If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. This is Lee Oden, and you're listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast. My goal in this podcast is to help you discover new ideas about what's working in modern marketing. Don't worry about taking notes. You can find links to everything discussed in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. Today, I'm joined by Lee Oden, and we're going to talk about his book, Optimize, How to Attract and Engage More Customers by Integrating SEO, Social Media, and Content Marketing. Lee Oden is the CEO of Top Rank Online Marketing, a Minneapolis-based digital marketing agency specializing in strategic internet marketing consulting, training, and implementation services, including content, search, email, and social media marketing. Lee is frequently cited for his search and social media marketing expertise by leading publications, including The Economist, Forbes, Wall Street Journal, and The New York Times. As an active thought leader in the search marketing industry, he's contributed to top industry publications such as Marketing Profs, Content Marketing Institute, Mashable, and ClickZ. He also publishes one of the most popular marketing blogs on the web, Top Rank's online marketing blog, recognized as a leading business blog by Advertising Age, Social Media Examiner, and many, many others. Lee is also the first guest on the Marketing Book Podcast, who is a United States Army veteran. Hooah! Hooah! <laughs> <laughs> Lee, congratulations on Optimize, and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Well, Douglas, it's great to be here. So let me just read one short excerpt, and then we're going to get into some uh, questions. I've got way too many questions than what the time allows, but uh, I'm going to do my best to get to, to some of them. This book is for the marketers, public relations professionals, small to medium-sized business owners, and large company marketing executives who want to understand and implement a roadmap that incorporates the synergies of content, social media, and search engine optimization. Lee, what was the story that, that led to this book? Well, Doug, I've been blogging for, or I had been blogging before the book for many, many years and using blogging as a way to curate interesting news, share best practices, and ultimately make it into a marketing asset. Um, and, and so I was actually reluctant and had no interest in writing a book whatsoever because I felt being able to uh, grow a substantial audience through blogging was satisfying my need to to write and to market in that way from an inbound sort of perspective. But then um, I ran into uh, Jay Bear, uh, an acquisition editor from Wiley at, at a conference, and um, I knew Jay had written a book and I had talked to him and many other authors, and they all told me how painful it would be <laughs> to write a book. It would take away all my free time. Was that the Now Revolution that he had written? It was. Okay. 
It was the now revolution. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, this, this Wiley, someone had been talking to me yet from Pearson for about a year and I, I just didn't want to do anything when this, uh, Wiley person, um, and, and I were talking and, and it took about another year for me finally to decide, you know what, I'm seeing the pain my friends as authors were sharing with me, not as something to be fearful of, but as an opportunity, because I thought, you know what, if I go through this process, I feel like I'm going to be a lot smarter as a result. And that's something I can bring to the table with my clients, with my community, and it'll make me a better a better business person, a better person, better marketer. And so that's why I decided to do it. And that's uh, sort of... And, and I had these ideas in my mind about as a reaction to or response to consulting and the pain points companies were sharing and the shift that was happening in the search industry where we were born out of. And, and I wanted to put that together and, and, and I felt I could effectively put that together in a book that would be very helpful to people in a wide variety of industries. In the book, you talk about being optimized is a state of mind. Can you explain what you mean by that? Sure. So, you know, traditionally optimization SEO is really specifically in reference to trying to do the sorts of things that will give you better visibility on a search engine like Google. And an optimized state of mind is really sort of an opportunistic point of view. It's a way of looking at a, a scenario where, you know, you have this hypothesis about what's true and how to achieve a goal. You put it forward and you collect data um, to to continuously make it better. So it's closer to the true definition of optimization, and that is this continuous effort at improving performance. And what's neat about an optimized state of mind, of course, is that it's applicable not just to marketing, but to public relations, customer service. Anyone who is publishing content for a specific audience should anticipate a certain amount of search demand, and they can increase the effectiveness of their reach with an optimized state of mind by always looking for ways to improve how to shorten sales cycles, how to shorten the distance between when they publish and actually being the best answer for people when they're actually looking. Right. So in the book, you mentioned that traditionally SEO has worked independently of of other marketing tactics, but that's not the world we live in today. And I, I sometimes liken it to you know, SEO has uh, gone from perhaps uh, being the icing on a cake to being the eggs that are in the cake, or it's gone from plastic surgery to internal medicine. And this book is, I think, a my, my take was that it was a, a response to that, where it has to be a, a holistic approach. Rather, you can't just attain all your goals for getting found online by on-page tinkering. Right. Well, well, absolutely, and and you know, I have a food metaphor too. I like to say SEO is the mayonnaise to your sandwich. Uh, uh, on its own, and not so great, but <laughs> it touches nearly everything, and makes the whole sandwich taste so good, right? Mm-hmm. And and so SEO, I think, is something that is um, it's in it, it requires integration of tactics in order to be successful. If search is something you're really expecting new business to come from, but at the same time, search is an important um, quiver in your or arrow in your quiver um, or bullet in your magazine. <laughs> Thank you. Um, in, in your repertoire of, of tactics, right? Because clearly, people are the journey, customer journey to finding solutions is not linear, and it's certainly not one or two steps. 
um, there are multiple touch points that lead someone through a buyer journey from being aware to considering to actually making a purchase and transacting. So uh, SEO plays a really important role at many different points during the buying journey, all the way from understanding what a thing is, what a category is, what the nature of a problem is, all the way to comparing vendors, comparing solutions, um, to finding where can I go buy that, right, at the best price and, and so forth. So I think that's where SEO plays. And making SEO work, of course, requires social. It requires content. It requires many different uh, activities that will create positive signals so that search engines understand that just like you want customers to know that you're the best answer. Mm-hmm. When I'm talking to to companies, I think there's still a lot of belief that, uh, as I mentioned before, there's just some sort of on-page tinkering you can do to improve your your SEO. And I still I get contacted by companies that are that are basically doing only that. And it's always a bit of a surprise when I try to explain to them that it's a, a whole different ball game. What do you find are some of the lingering misperceptions out there about SEO? Well, one of the biggest misperceptions is that there is uh, th- there's a top ten search results, and 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 what I mean by that is when you search from where you are in um, Virginia, and if you search for pizza, and I search for pizza from here in Minneapolis, we're going to get different search results, obviously. But even if we search up for something like you know marketing services or something like that, we're going to get different search results. But ironically, if we're sitting in the same room and we both search from a mobile device, we're going to get different search results than if we searched on our laptop computers. So the user experience when they search for something is not universal. It hasn't been for a long time. Personalization is baked into all search results, whether you're logged in or not. And so that's a big misperception for a lot of companies, and they look at things like ranking reports and think that when they look at this report, they're getting an indication of what the user experience will be like for a particular keyword amongst all their target audience, and that's just not true. Um, And there are other tactical misperceptions like um, going out and getting lots and lots of links is is the win uh doing lots of guest blog posts with many 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 um exact match anchor text links um is the way to win you know mm-hmm. um and and that sort of thing it, it it's really and I, the manifestation of what is the right thing to do um to me the expression is be the best answer and be the best answer is, is all about what information what proof can you provide that shows that you really are the most findable and you are you are the most credible and you give the most useful and valuable information, so much so that it's compelling, so much so that people are willing to share it. So when you create content that's thematically you know, on point with how you want to be found or how you want to be known, and you create information – our content and media, that's such a great experience. It motivates people to share it, that they interact and act on it. That's SEO. I mean, that's the kind of thing that Google's looking for programmatically, looking for evidence of those types of behaviors to determine how to sort those search results. Mm-hmm. And so that comes down to having to publicize, optimize, socialize, right? And lately, uh, and this isn't in the uh, – what we really focus on is, is influencer activiz- activation mm-hmm. to, to amplify content. 
Speaking of Google, one of my favorite parts of the book is when you uh, you said uh, the notion of SEO professionals reverse engineering Google's method of ranking web pages with universal predictability are gone. Exactly. <laughs> However, what we can do is understand Google's and Bing's motivation for search quality. What are their motivations? What are the things that are keeping the search engine people up at night? What, what are they worried about? Well, I think it, it comes down to creating a trustworthy user experience when people use their tool. Because I think there's a direct correlation between user experience with organic and the likelihood people will um, statistically come back and, and, and possibly click on a paid ad. I mean, money, you know, revenue is what makes the world goes round. So, you know, Google's and they're, you know, they're offering a free tool. They're creating value in the expectation that you're going to use the tool Google.com or Google on mobile enough mm-hmm. that you're be exposed to a relevant ad and click on it. So I, I think, and, and of course, there's, there, there's, you know, that's why Google wants you to use search. They're not saying just click on our organic links. They're saying just use Google search, and and they apply quality measures to make sure those ads are relevant too. And in lots of transactional cases, the ads may be as or better than the search results. Mm-hmm. But I think also they're they're worried about just giving good results to what people are looking for. They, they want to provide those answers. You, you mentioned in the book that our job as marketers is to create optimized content focused on answering general questions from, the, um, from our prospective customers. Yes. I was just going to say, you know, buyers have questions as they move through the buyer journey. So the simplest thing one can identify what those questions are. So Lee, in the book, it's sure it talks about SEO, but what you've also done is you've, I think even more than that, you've talked a lot about content and and how SEO fits into all that. And uh, when you talk about SEO, one of the uh, one thing you mention is content creation is one of the most effective SEO tactics. And I've often uh, heard from folks like uh, you and and others where they say if you're talking to an SEO firm and they're not talking to you about content, run. (laughs) <laughs> is that true? Yes, it is. It is. Uh, content is the reason search exists. <laughs> you, you, you can't have search results without creating content. And, you know, there are every, every engagement or every, you know, initiative into the search optimization world starts from a different place. Some companies, let's say a startup, doesn't have a lot of content. So clearly they have to create more. Or you may have a company that's uh, Fortune 500 and they've got 10 years or more of content online and yet their search goals aren't being met. Um, we may still need to create content in that case because they're publishing with, you know, the, they're publishing product ma- marketing managers' ideas about what's important versus what the customers think are important. So content creation is almost always an element of a program where search is expected to drive new business. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about links. Uh, you describe links uh, as the electricity and web pages are the light bulbs of SEO. Can you explain that and, and why links are so important and the best way to get them? Well, that uh, links are, are in the sort of DNA of Google's original ranking algorithm and the original page rank algorithm uh, in the form of uh, a signal or a citation 
of, of from other sources to a destination are an indication of credibility, right? And so, you know, Google 1.0. Like a vote. Yeah. And Google 1.0 relied very, very heavily on that. And that's something other search engines at the time weren't looking at. They were only looking at on-page. And so Google differentiated by being able to use that sort of um, citation methodology to determine uh, as, a, as one of the signals to determine ranking and importance. Now, um, it used to be that you could uh, get links from anywhere and it would be an advantage. And then you had to narrowly focus on topically relevant sources to get links. And that was an advantage. And, and nowadays, it's a bit different. Um, you know, Google's gone so far as to say, you know, don't ask for links and then backtrack a little bit and said, well, just make sure you don't ask for links from anyone but super relevant sources. Um, and and mm-hmm. the thing is, is there's lots of linking schemes and tactics. But in the end, what I found in my 15 years of doing SEO work is that when you use publicity, when you create information that leads to editorially sourced links, that is the most sustainable, risk-free means of creating the kinds of links that not only human beings appreciate, but Google loves or responds positively to as well. So if you want to get links, you've got to market your content. You've got to promote it through social to a community. That means you need to create a community. It, it makes sense to engage in things like commenting and getting known, becoming known through advertising, through public relations, through email, right? You have channels of distribution that you can create when you have a hub of content. And so this isn't a light Mm -hmm. switch you just turn on. Uh, This is something that you simultaneously can grow both actively and passively, actively through advertising and through proactive outreach and passively through growing your own community. Today, when I publish a blog post on toprankblog.com, I know that there are uh, that day there's going to be uh, anywhere from I don't know 7 to 10,000 people that will view the our site on that day. And I know that there will be um, for that particular blog post there will be an average of 7 to 800 social shares which can expose at least the article title you know, to tens of thousands of people. Well, it wasn't like that the first day or even the first year, right? <laughs> right. So, so and you talk about to- how you, you need to do this, you need to start this network before you actually need it. Well, great entree to a military analogy. <laughs> the, 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 the time to, to build an army is not on the first day of the war, right? You've got to start recruiting right. way, way beforehand. And then the same is true when it comes to community building and leveraging a community for marketing. As we start to wrap up here, Lee, one of the things you talked about is there is no end to search and social media expertise for, for content marketing. And uh, that ties into some questions that are very popular with the listeners. And if you could share a recent marketing or business book uh, you've read and recommend, what, what would that be? Because of my belief that content quality is paramount as a differentiator for any business, whether you're a solopreneur, a mid-sized business, or a large enterprise, I think you should re- our, your listeners should really, really think about investing in the quality of, of the content that they're producing. And I think there's a book that is absolutely uh, the best answer on its own for helping people do that. And that is Everybody Writes 
by Ann Hanley. Ann Hanley, you may know, is the chief content officer at Marketing Profs. Um, she's a fantastic writer herself. And, and everybody writes is both instructional, but it's also entertaining. Anne has a bit of a snarky sense of humor. And so if you like a sense yes. of humor with brilliant advice, Everybody Writes is the book I'd recommend. It's a great book. It gets mentioned by so many guests on this show. And I have to add that when I was reading it some time ago, I was laughing out loud. <laughs> and I was reading at home at one point, and my wife said, what in the world are you reading? <laughs> and that was that was her book. Yeah, snarky, funny, oh, hilarious. But also, I, I, I can't think of a, a book that's uh, required more courage to write, a book about writing, but she really um, pulled it off, and it's it's a great one, and I've, I've recommended it to a number of um, people as well. Uh, are there any marketing or business books you're looking forward to reading? Yes, yes. My friend Brian Kramer just published his second book, Shareology, yesterday. And so you can find that, um, like all these other books on Amazon, uh, Kindle uh, version or uh, print book, uh, paperback actually. It's a paperback. So Shareology, S-H-A-R-E-O-L-O-G-Y. Definitely looking forward to reading that book about how sharing is driving modern you know, modern, modern marketing and, and what you can do about that. Um, it's more than that, obviously, but mm -hmm. that's one I'm definitely looking forward to. That sounds great. I, I'll have to, we'll, we'll link up to that in the, the show notes and I'll uh, see if I can get him on the show too. So Lee, how do you stay informed about modern marketing? Who, who do you follow and what do you read? What do you listen to? How does Lee Odin do it? Through experimentation. My, my, the, the two, of the three best sort, well, okay, here's my top three uh, sources. Number one, experimentation. I've, uh, I'm fortunate in my role as CEO at our company, at our agency. We're a boutique agency of, of around 30 people, so we're, you know, we're middle size or, or boutique, I guess. Um, and, and that affords me the way we're structured to do marketing experiments myself. And uh, for the last five years, I've been experimenting a lot with integrated. Um, an integrated approach that's really focused on what I like to call participation marketing. So it's, you know, creatively sourcing content, crowdsourcing content, working with influencers, but also incorporating SEO and social and leveraging, you know, a pretty substantial uh, community of over 300,000 where I can actually get qualitative data from these experiments. So it's through those experiments that I really get my best information, throwing, uh, you know, digital spaghetti against the wall, guided by a hypothesis and a little bit of data, and then seeing what sticks and then optimizing, right, my subsequent efforts. That's number one. Number two is by meeting with other um, practitioners. And luckily at our agency, um, we have a lot of really, really smart, creative, very results-focused people. And um, so I have regular meetings with them, and they talk about challenges and successes that they're experiencing with their clients. And I, and I really learn so much from them. And I suppose um, yeah, it's a, a similar type of source as experimenting, except it's with companies that range from you know, companies like Dell, um, LinkedIn, um, and, and, and other, even mid-market and small companies. So – um, that's my number two source. And my third source isn't individuals per se, but um, I use uh, you know, social 
um, aggregators um, and keyword-based filters to surface topics that are interesting to me. So in, I, while I love, I like Mark Schaefer, for example, Michael Brenner, Ann Hanley, these, these people are super smart and I love following them. But rather than focusing just on them, because I'm not you know, a zealot, I'm not just going to listen to everything Mark says – because I don't agree with everything he says, even though you know he's very, very, very. He would off. like you to. He listen. would like me to, but he, he knows. He would like you to listen to I'm, everything. I, I, I can't do that. But what I want to do is be on top of a certain topic. So I'll use this tool like Buzz Sumo, and I'll use the keyword mm-hmm. uh, filters there, and I'll use the alerts feature there to surface um, content to me in the way that Google Alerts was supposed to work years ago. And, and I'll use other real-time uh, news curation services that um, work by allowing me to track certain topics. That's my third best way of, of staying on top of things. So sometimes it's influencers and really well-known people. And sometimes it's something that someone who isn't an influencer but's really smart about what they wrote and it happens to be resonating with the community and it surfaces itself. And that way I get exposed to new people. Mm-hmm. Well, I just read your blog. So <laughs> I appreciate you doing all that. Well, it's me and it's Ash, Ashley. Ashley Zeckman from my team is uh, managing our blog now. And, uh, and she's done a fantastic job of tapping other talent in our company like Josh Knight and uh, Evan Prokop and Jolena and, and all the other. There's so many smart people here um, and, and they're all contributing. It's very crowdsourced, community-sourced effort at um, creating top-ranked blog content now. Well, I appreciate it, and the marketing community does, and I and I'm I'm sure it's it's helped uh, your business grow as well. So, how can listeners find out more about you and optimize? Well, you can certainly find out about me. Um, I, I use Twitter probably the most um, at l e e o d d e n. I'm also obviously publishing still on toprankblog.com. Um, if you want to find out about the book. Just type in the word optimize uh, on Google and you'll find it. Um, or you can go directly to optimizebook.com and you'll see excerpts and some previews and that sort of thing uh, about the book, along with links to Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Great. So, Lee, if readers took only one thing away from your book, what would you hope it would be? I think is it, rather than when you, when it when it comes to optimization and optimizing performance with content and marketing, you really have to start with a customer first. You really have to understand what do they need in terms of questions that need to be answered, and that's what you should base your marketing, your content, and your search and your social efforts on is solving for customers, not solving for search engines, because it's customers that pay you, not the search engines. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mind me uh, spoiling it, at the very end of your book, you say, if your first thought about content and marketing is, how can I meet the needs of my target audience with content that they care about, you will be well on your way. Absolutely. The name of the book is Optimize How to Attract and Engage More Customers by Integrating SEO, Social Media, and Content Marketing. The author is Lee Oden. Lee, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast. Thanks, Doug. And that closes the book on another episode of the Marketing Book Podcast. 
But don't let the end of this episode be the end of your learning. Visit marketingbookpodcast.com for show notes, free resources, and guides. And be sure to join the Marketing Book Podcast newsletter so you never miss an episode. Till next time. But don't do what Anne Hanley did. What'd she do? She said, this is Douglas Burdett, and you're listening. <laughs> no way.